Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Shares for Beginners. Weekend Watch List. G'day and welcome back to Shares for Beginners Weekend Watchlist, where we'll be taking a close look at an individual company, sector, ETF, or in fact, whole reporting seasons that you may wish to consider in your watchlist. It's not a recommendation to buy, but a way for you to learn how experts screen for value. And I'm pleased tonight to be welcoming Gemma Dale from NAB Trade and the Your Wealth Podcast. Hi, Gemma. How's it going? Oh, it's lovely to be here. Gemma, you've got a lot of insights into investor behaviour because you've got... Um, I know it's purely anonymised, but um, you are you are actually looking at what investors are buying, selling, whether they're sitting on cash, whether they're feeling bullish or bearish about the market. Tell us about what's on your radar at the moment. Yeah, reporting season is an interesting time, generally speaking, but it's worth remembering that the market fell 30% last year and yet it made another record high today. So above 7,500 points, above uh, 7,600 intraday, closed a bit lower than that. But incredible strength in the market, given that you've got over 6 million people in lockdown in Australia at the moment. So the market's looking really strong. People are pretty impressed with the handful of results we've seen so far. There's a lot more to come. So we've got big numbers coming out tomorrow, big results coming tomorrow and all the way through the next couple of weeks. So plenty of things for people to keep an eye on. But so far, things look really strong. And I think if nothing else, given how fearful markets were in March last year when there were real concerns about a protracted recession, about depressions, you know, business collapse, people being unable to afford their mortgages. You know, so the big result today was CBA. The banks were one of the hardest hit sectors last year because people were very concerned that people were not going to be able to pay their mortgages, business would fail, that the economy was going to collapse and banks are very much pro-cyclical businesses. They do well when the economy is doing well. If the economy collapses, your bank shares are going to fall. Banks put their dividends on holds, they postponed them, they cancelled them altogether and plenty of people who had bank shares last year had a really rough time. And yet here is CBA at $108 now, looking incredibly strong, fabulous profit, people really very comfortable. A big chunk of that is releasing provisions for bad and doubtful debts. So effectively going, oh, wow, things weren't as bad as we thought. <laughs> we can let go of some of this capital we were hoarding. But it was looking much stronger than people feared. Price has risen accordingly. It's been really strong recently anyway. Getting above $100 was an extraordinary psychological barrier, I think. And that number is really strong. Talking about what people are doing, NABTRADE investors will sell that news. So our guys tend to be somewhat contrarian. They do prefer to take profits when they can. $108 is a pretty extraordinary number for a lot of people. And over $100, most of our investors would think about letting go a little bit of their CBA holding because they feel that's that's pretty good and they might want to redeploy their capital somewhere else. So you really think that, that people do react to this kind of news and uh, they think, 
okay, I think we're sort of hitting the top. We're just going to lighten the load on, on the Commonwealth Bank at the moment. Yeah, absolutely. So we we track volumes really closely and we can see how many people are coming to market and what they're doing. We have seen investors sitting on their hands for the last sort of three to six months, clearly concerned that the market had come back so strongly, maybe there was nothing left to buy. We saw buying all the way through last year, really enthusiastic buying. And yet we saw those buy volumes fall. We saw more profit taking. And the most critical thing was we saw a lot of people just not trading at all and cash balances rising. When we see cash balances rising, it tells us that people are a little bit nervous about where the market is going. The last time we saw cash at record highs was in February last year, just before the market collapsed. People had been hoarding cash for a long time, feeling the market was toppy and there were a lot of downside risk. So we had seen that coming into reporting season. Now we're seeing volume, so activity pick right back up again. People are seeing trading opportunities and we're seeing profit taking in some of the stuff that's doing really well. The big exception I'd say so far is Rio and it is so far. They announced this spectacular dividend with a special as well. So for investors who really suffered with their dividend payouts last year, the kinds of payouts that Rio were offering were a little bit too good to be true. Maybe not too good to be true because they were buying it really aggressively last week and they've been buying it through this week as well. So Rio is still really popular with people who are looking to pick up that extra bit of income. It's incredible now that the mining companies have become, the big miners have become the dividend stocks as well, as well as the banks. Yeah, it's kind of amazing, isn't it? I grew up in the world where resources companies were what you held for the cycle and you did not expect to get a dividend at all. Like they were not income stocks at all. You put them in the growth part of your portfolio if you felt that there was uh, some upside in commodity prices. So yeah, it's a real change. The other massive resources stock that tops our numbers pretty much every week at the moment is Fortescue. And it's been topping our numbers for months. It wasn't even in the top 10 last year, which tells you a lot. But iron ore prices have been unbelievable this year. Absolutely unbelievable. People would never have predicted $220 a ton. Especially with China cracking down on uh, iron ore imports as well, which has... Well, trying to, (laughs) let's be honest, you know, trying to keep that price down and struggling. So that, you know, that incredible profit margin for Fortescue, which is the purest iron ore play, purest big one in Australia. So we have had a lot of particularly large high value investors trading that stock really actively. It's come off very heavily over the last two weeks as the iron ore price has come off very heavily. So there's obviously a really strong correlation between those two things. And a lot of our guys have been buying it, interestingly enough. So they still think that there's plenty of upside for Fortescue. They like the price around that $22 mark. They liked it at 26 as well. So uh, it'll be interesting to see where that goes from here and whether we still see buying if it continues to fall. So how about Afterpay? What have your people been looking at with Afterpay? Are they, are they continuing to buy? Are they selling off? Are they just going to hold and uh, take their square shares? Oh, such a good question. It was the big news last week, such big news. So Afterpay has been really interesting in that it has been a passionate buy for not just Trade investors but right across the retail market for several years and we had guys buying it you know not long after it listed and holding it all the way through we had people buying it three years ago two years ago definitely last year very popular last year average buy price around $40 last year so almost all of our investors have managed to make an extraordinary profit on afterpay the 
interesting thing about it is it's very widely held. It is not the kind of stock that is only bought by young investors, young traders. It's not a meme stock really, is it? It's not a meme stock. No, it's the only kind of sexy growth stock that is held in self-managed super funds and by baby boomers and so on. It is the growth stock that retail investors right across the spectrum were happy to buy and hang on to and take some profits because it was just exciting and it was also quite tangible. It's very obvious what they offer as a product and as a solution. People could kind of see what it was and felt there was plenty of upside. So it's very widely held in our base. It's been very enthusiastically held. It's not traded anywhere near as actively as Zip. Zip has always been a very actively traded stock, people wanting to make short-term profits. Afterpay people were happy to hold it because it just went on such a run for a long time. We did see a lot of selling around the 120 market. You made it all the way to $160, right? That was where it peaked. People were a little bit miffed with themselves that they didn't sell at that level. And so we have seen selling sort of around the 120 mark over the last several months when it sort of came back to that. It went down to 85 fairly recently. But wasn't, wasn't there some news as well about um, PayPal getting involved in that? Yeah, you're right. So Apple and PayPal both announced that they were going to be coming out with competitor offers. PayPal's offer is already in market. So if you use PayPal, you will notice they give you the option of paying in four payments. It's not as sexy and fun as the afterpay option, which is, you know, an app and a bit more, bit cooler, I guess, uh, and a bit more tangible for younger people who've been using it for a long time, more actively marketed by merchants also. So Square's come out with this huge offer. Square is a bit of a challenge for investors to understand. It's an entirely different, it's not an Australian company, obviously massive international company. They don't offer a product that most Australian investors are familiar with. As far as I can, I see those little white squares all over the place. Yeah, so some of us are aware of the little white squares, but there'd be a lot of people who are not familiar with the little white squares or wouldn't know that they were offered by Square and also don't have a deep understanding of the business model and particularly the financials behind it, right? So to be offered script, to be offered shares in Square, particularly receipts listed on the ASX, is not a particularly attractive option if you bought Afterpay because you liked it and it was your Australian growth story. Now you've been offered something that you don't understand terribly well, Afterpay will be consumed by that. You won't have the same kind of tangible attachment to it. So most of our investors have been selling partly because they think it's great value and partly because they just don't feel that Square is something they want to own. So we've seen really active selling every day since that announcement, which was 10 days ago off the top of my head. And I think we would continue to see that unless something very weird happens with the share price. Share price looking great, obviously. And unless you bought it at 160 bucks, in which case it's terrible. <laughs> um, but, um, but for those who've held it, as most of our investors have from sort of sub $40, fabulous opportunity to take profits. You've done incredibly well. You may not wish to hold square. Most people are happy to get out at this level. Just one last question. It is pretty incredible though that we're going to have a huge tech giant dual listed on the ASX and the NASDAQ. 
It's astonishing, isn't it, the way it's transpired. I think most people would not consider it a dual listing in the sense of perhaps BHP in London versus Australia. <laughs> you, <laughs> right, you may yeah. not see the same arbitrage. It feels the same way. <laughs> Maybe not the same arbitrage opportunities and so on. But, yeah, it's quite fascinating. And it will mostly be picking up a whole lot of retail investors who didn't get out, basically. I don't imagine you will see necessarily others seeing it as an opportunity to uh, to trade that way. It'd be interesting to see if you saw something like it lasting and coming back the other way. Yeah. Okay, Jim Adele, thank you very much for joining me today on this weekend watch list. Lovely to speak to you. If you found this podcast helpful, please tell a friend, especially if it's someone who needs to start thinking about investing for their future. You'll be helping them and helping me to keep this show on the road. Shares for Beginners is for information and educational purposes only. It isn't financial advice and you shouldn't buy or sell any investments based on what you've heard here. Any opinion or commentary is the view of the speaker only, not shares for beginners. This podcast doesn't replace professional advice regarding your personal financial needs, circumstances or current situation. And thank you for listening to my podcast. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.